Welcome to another episode of You Are Love. I am your host, Salida, and I want you guys to take time out to check us out on our Facebook page, which is You Can't Clip My Wings, and also our website at youcanclipmywings.com. Thank you again for listening to You Are Loved. And do remember, you are truly loved. All right, you guys. <clears throat> Good morning again. But um, I just want to continue with what we were talking about. I got interrupted there. So we're going to go back in here and continue on our journey real quick. I'm not going to take too much more of your time, but I wanted to go ahead and finish this up real quick here. We need to get a little bit further than we're getting. It's like all these interruptions. So, um, so we were on, so we were on two point Oh, we stopped on 2.3, 2.2, coming up with a great mission state. Oh, no, that was 2.1. Uh, wait a minute. Am I missing something? I gotta be. Oh, yeah. 2.1 was choosing the name. Um, now we are. Oh, it says here, too. It says, um, um, let's see. Um, abbreviations are good if you use them well was the last place we stopped off at. Now it says, um, it might be a good idea to check the availability of web domains um, since that may impact the name of you decide on. So you definitely need to check before you pick a name. Once you pick a name, make sure you check that it, that there's no, um, domain names out there, um, that's going to, um, interfere with your doing what your organization is going to be um, named, okay? Um, many states require that nonprofits have a corporate designator, um, such as an incorporation, corporation company limited to their abbreviations, Incorp, Corp, which is N I, excuse me, INC, COR, CO, and LTD, respectively. It says, check your state's incorporation webpage to see if incorporate designators is required for your nonprofit. So you make sure you do that. When you have selected your name, you need to check with the Secretary of State to see if it's available and in the U.S. Department of Commerce website to be sure the name you want is not trademarked, okay? So make sure you do that. As mentioned previously, in order to attract funding, you will need to demonstrate that there is a sufficient need for your organization's services and that your organization is equipped to address the needs. So, um... You start a nonprofit and you have a large demographic of people who are in need, right? You got to be able to serve as many people as possible, okay? And um, through whatever way, donations, whatever way you have to, you have to constantly be able to provide them with the needs, okay? Because that's what your whole goal is, okay? Um, once you pinpointed the need, the solution and the population, this is likely to have happened in step one already because you've done your, your research. It's time to transcribe those into a clear and powerful mission statement, okay? 
So number 2.2 is coming up with a great mission statement. A good mission statement is very important. It can help you nonprofit, help your nonprofit further clarify your purpose and can be very motivating for staff and volunteers. It sends out a powerful message about what you stand for and if clearly written and communicated, it focuses your energy and attention and helps you make decisions further down the line. So it says, we've written an entire article about how to write an awesome nonprofit mission statement, but we're going to give you a few key okay, guidelines. Make your nonprofit mission statement ambiguous, simple, and easier to understand. Okay, so what I could share with you, I could share with you our mission statement for our nonprofit, okay? Real quick. Okay. Um, let's do that real quick. And, um, okay. So let's do this. Um, So, we're going to say this. Uh, I'm sorry, I have this dead air here. I was just trying to get to what our mission statement is. A pathway to a safe, healthy, and affordable housing. That is our, it's very simple, very easy to remember, and our, our abbreviation would be CHA, Similar Housing Alliance. So, um, and this is one of our, this is our Facebook page where I usually put a lot of information, excuse me, I share a lot of information on. Um, let's talk about what it's about. What do we do? Okay. It says right here, Sinai Housing Alliance was created to share information about safe, healthy, and affordable housing for all. Plain and simple. Didn't add too much in it. Um, let's see here. Yeah. That's basically... Wow. I didn't realize... That's it. Mm. <laughs> so made it very simple. Easy. Not anything complicated for anybody um, to worry about, you know. Um, so I thought that was important to do so they wouldn't be so hard for people to um, have to worry themselves. Now, we talk about a lot of different things. We talk about rental assistance program. Actually, I did a couple of videos um, when they started with the rental. I actually did... Um, 
eviction moratorium. I did a, a presentation on that. Um, I'm really, really following the big deal about um, the ideal that we need um, more and more. Um, we need volunteers. We talked about the ideal that there is a problem um, with housing, having affordable housing. The ideal that we really, really push the narrative, how they push the narrative that we we need um, more uh, apartments and complexes opposed to actually building homes for people to actually live in. So um, that's it. That's make it make your nonprofit mission statement ambiguous, simple, and easy to understand. Okay. A well-crafted mission statement should also be brief and to the point, okay? A mission statement should, above all, inform others about what you do and guide your team members and stakeholders, okay? A good mission statement welcomes input from everyone. It is reviewed frequently and is shared with everyone. It's also not a marketing tagline, doesn't use expert language, and is devoid of buzzwords and generalities, okay? Um, also it says a good mission statement helps you build a solid foundation upon which you can create a plan and is your guiding light attracting the right people for your organization. Okay. So let's look at number 2.3, determine your vision and organizational value. Okay. While your vision can encompass some elements of your mission, it should be more forward thinking. Your vision is the future you intend to create. Your grand plan, how you're going to change the world. Here are some examples of great nonprofit vision statements. Feeding America, a hunger-free America. She's the first, invest in girls. Alzheimer's Association has a world without Alzheimer's disease. Hab ha Habitat for Humanity is a world where everyone has a decent place to live. Ocena is to make our oceans as rich and healthy and abundant as they once were. Okay, now, then let's talk about your values. Your values, ideal attributes, and qualities that help you achieve your mission and bring about your vision. Nonprofit organizational values are the highest values that guide an organization's actions. Unite its employees and define its brand. They are abstract ideals that guide organization thinking and actions. Okay. Values state what is important to you as an individual and to organize and to your organization. In other words, values are what you stand for. They reflect who you are, which in turn affects what you do and how you do it, which is your culture. Okay. Goodwill, respect. We treat all people with dignity and respect. Stewardship. We honor our heritage by being socially, financially, environmentally responsible. Ethics. We strive to meet the highest ethical standards. Learning. We challenge each other to strive for excellence and to continually learn. Innovation. We embrace continuous improvement, bold creativity, and change. 
Don't skip this step. It can be tempting to skip some of this work, thinking that your initial ideals are enough and that working on the practicalities should take precedent. But doing so can introduce considerable risks because your mission, vision, and values will be key to making many important decisions and that a long-term impact on your organization. Okay. Now, uh, number three is create a detailed business plan. Some nonprofit finder, founders, excuse me, choose to hire or recruit volunteers before writing up a plan. But we'd recommend going the other way around. Only when you will have created a plan will you be able to estimate income, cost, and the talent that you will need and can afford. Moreover, once the plan is created, excerpts can be pulled from it, insert into the federal form 1023 application for tax exempt status. So once you put your business plan together, you can also use this for when you're getting ready to apply for your 1023. Accordingly, invest time upfront into developing a detailed plan. Such a plan will provide the structure and discipline to think through the critically important strategic and operational issues. Before starting to write your nonprofit business plan, it's smart to do some more market research. Additionally, to the once to the one you've already done in your needs analysis when determining your target population. Do a deep dive into your demographics. For example, if you're opening a literacy-focused nonprofit that you believe will address the need of local young people, you'll want to understand how many schools are in the area, how many families are in your community, and how many of them have access to a computer <coughs> excuse me, access to a computer at home. A good nonprofit business plan sets up a roadmap for the next three to five years of your work. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Regardless of your size or financial status, when you create a nonprofit business plan, you're effectively creating a blueprint for how your nonprofit will be run. Who will be responsible for what and how you plan to achieve your goals? Here are the main building blocks of a nonprofit business plan. <clears throat> Excuse me. 3.1 is your executive summary. This should be the first section of your business plan, but written last. It should describe your nonprofit's mission and purpose, summarize your market analysis that proves an identifiable need and explain how your nonprofit will meet that need. Before you describe any of your work, any of the program and services, write about your mission, vision, and values. 3.2, products, program, and services. Use this section to describe in depth the products and or services your nonprofit will offer. Who are, you who are your benefactories? Um, beneficiaries, excuse me, and what are your impact-based goals and how will you achieve them? How do your programs and services create a positive change? Number 3.3, marketing plan. Explain the trends in your market and the need for your nonprofit services. 
How will you get the word out about your work? How will you communicate your message? What channels will you use? 3.4, operational plan. What will your day-to-day -day operations look like? Define your organizational structure. As your structure, your organization establish what each role will accomplish and where you will be located. 3.5, impact plan. Describe the change you're wishing to create. What are the specific objectives you're seeking to accomplish? How are you going to measure the change you're creating? How will you use what you learn and share it with others? Okay, that's your impact plan. 3.6 is financial plan. What is your financial status? Include any cash flow statements, balance sheets, and income statements if, you, if it's applicable. Write up a budget. What income is confirmed? What are the potential revenue streams? How much money do you need to start and how much do you need to operate? What startup costs are there? Are there any gaps? That's the things, those, that could be your business plan. That's the whole bulk of what the business plan um, is. And then there's also, um, okay, we'll go back to that. Um, the ultimate guide to writing a nonprofit business plan. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, or we'll bring that back. So let's go to number four. Build a strong and motivated leadership team. Okay. So good people are key to running a successful nonprofit organization. You'll need to find partners who share the zest for your mission, creating a reliable leadership structure and a network composed of passionate, committed individuals is the only way to ensure that your nonprofit organization will thrive. Let's look at three key groups of people for any nonprofit. Number one, excuse me, 4.1 is your board. Hiring a great board members is one of the most important processes for a new nonprofit. Your board will ultimately be responsible for regulatory, compliance, strategic, decision-making, supporting everyday operations, making hires, and a wide range of similar tasks. Think about what knowledge, skills, abilities, and other characteristics must be a candidate have, must a candidate have to be an ideal executive director for your nonprofit, and which of those characteristics matter most to you. Anyone you ask to be part of the board will want to know what's expected of them for the, from the start. So you should begin by deciding whether you want your board to be a hands-on supporting group that guides your organization, i.e. working board, or do you want a board to more consult and advise a governing board? So you have to make sure you choose the correct one. You either want a governing board or you want a working board, okay? You have to make that decision depending on how your organization is uh, founded on, okay? Understand this. Board members cannot be paid, okay? You will be required to declare this in your bylaws and your 1023 application. A founder can get paid as acting in a staff role, such as a director or president. If they are on paid staff, they can only be on the board as a non-voting member. So, for instance, if I am the president of my nonprofit, I can get paid, but I my votes don't matter. Okay? So, keep that in mind. 4.2 staff. 
Some of the roles nonprofits usually hire for at, for at the start are membership managers, communication managers, fundraising managers, or event managers, okay? So that's the first thing you want to look at, the roles that you want to go ahead and get ready because those are the ones who's going to be making things happen, okay? Which roles you choose to hire for will very much depend on your operational plan and the type of your nonprofit. If one of your main activities is organizing events, then the event manager is a role you should consider hiring for. Likewise, if your nonprofit is a club or a society, a membership manager might be necessary for the role for your hire. So you want to hire these people. When I say hire, that means you pay them because now they're part of your staff, okay? Staff members are usually paid. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, staff members are usually paid unlike the board and the volunteers. Okay, so. Okay, so. Yes, I think you can. Staff members are usually paid unlike the board and the volunteers because that because of that, you'll have to determine how much you can spend on salaries. Think different benefits you can offer your staff. So you have to put together a salary package. Okay. Um, you have to know how many people you want on staff. Do you need a part-time secretary or do you need a full-time secretary or assistant executive? I mean, assistant, uh, executive secretary, whatever it is that you need. Um, you got to know whether or not it fits into your budget because they, your salaries are part of your budget. To hire the best team, write up a clear job descriptions and outline measures of success, key responsibilities, and key learning growth path. Your mission should be embedded throughout so that your hire team members who are truly passionate about your work, so you'll know exactly who you want, how you're going to use these people in your mission, okay? Number 4.3, volunteers. Many Almost scared me. Okay. <laughs> Four point three volunteers. Many nonprofit organizations rely on volunteers to run their operations before recruiting volunteers. Think about this. Okay. How much time do you expect your volunteers to commit to working on weekly basis? How many volunteers do you need to sustain a daily operations? Uh, consider if your volunteers need to have a special skills, and if so, where will you find them? Uh, will you train your volunteers? If so, how much time and effort are you willing to invest in training? And will your volunteer opportunities be in person or online? So you have a lot to work with. And in this COVID uh, new norm, a lot of stuff can be done. A lot of, um, of your nonprofit work can be done online, okay? All these questions will help you create volunteer role descriptions and start promoting the opportunities. Don't forget to share your mission with volunteers and make the sign up easy. Okay. How to recruit and keep there. Also, we're going to talk about that later on too. So these are things that we're going to bring back and talk, come back to later on. One of them is how to write a rock solid nonprofit. The other one is how to recruit and keep great volunteers. So let's do a pro tip here. 
Before officially hiring, and even if you don't hire, your nonprofit needs to get an EIN or employer's identification number. You will also need an EIN to open a bank account in your organization's name and fill out many of the necessary registration forms that local government requires. To apply for an EIN, you can visit the IRS website and complete it online or download the form they provide and mail it in. You can do it online and it's quicker and easier than it is to, um, well, for me, it was easier to do it online because you get it right then and there. So, uh, number five, um, let's talk about building your identity. You can do this also you can do this and also in step two, okay, if it works better for you. Right after you pinpointed your mission, vision, and values, let's talk about your identity. When you have your mission, vision, and value, you'll need to develop strategies that communicate those outwardly and internally. It's also important that everyone has a clear understanding of what your organization stands for and why. Everyone should be on the same page about your goals and priorities so they can portray a consistent brand identity. For a deep dive into how to execute branding strategies as a nonprofit, we're gonna, there is an article also about that, and we can come back to that one too. Branding is key. Good nonprofit branding helps unite all your nonprofit stakeholders, helps you stand out and get your message across, and increases trust of your audience. Furthermore, it's essential to success, fundraising, and increased engagement. So once you got your brand there, it is out and about and everybody knows you by your brand, okay? It is you, okay? It is your nonprofit. Now you can do the community engagement. Now you can be um, in places where people recognize that organization, okay? A brand is more than its visual identity, the name, the logo, and the graphic design. Exactly. A brand is a construct. Um, held in the minds of those aware of it. And brand management is working of managing those associations. So it is just not only you being out and every, the brand is your, the title of your comp, your nonprofit and what it entails. It's what keeps it there. What's the foundation of your nonprofit, okay? When building a brand, it's very important to refer back to your demographics so you can tailor your communication to meet their exact needs. Come up with an astounding and outstanding logo for your organization. Simple but compelling, moving and relatable, memorable and communicating who you are, okay? Pro tip, to help with consistency, create a simple nonprofit branding guide that outlines your main design elements, the type of topography, the logo, and other elements of the brand. Make sure the guide includes rules for what's allowed and what isn't when it comes to using those elements online and offline. For example, you can make it clear that your logo is not to be stretched or use the specific backgrounds or context. So, because I created my own um, logo, because we deal with housing, I made a house and I made some trees going up the path of the side of the house and it's got a big tree on the side. That's Sinla Housing Alliance. So to me, we're looking at housing, not apartments, but houses, because that's what we want to focus on, housing, okay? 
Um, so that's that's what our logo looked like because you can't see our logo. So you, you would know that. Okay. It says, number six, legally incorporate your nonprofit. Okay. Um, legally incorporating your nonprofit is actually a multi-step process and it consists of or choosing a name of your organization, appointing a, appointing a board, determining your legal structure, filling incorporation, filing, excuse me, filling, <laughs> filing incorporation paperwork, apply for tax exemption and getting the required licenses. We've written in depth about registering and starting a 513C organization in uh, United States. Please refer to this article for more details, which we're going to do. In general, the 501C label is applied to charitable bodies, but organizations with this exemption are limited in how much lobbying they can engage in and are prohibited from functioning for benefit of private interests. No portion of earnings can be used to benefit a private shareholder. So nobody can benefit in the sense of any one of your shareholders, okay? Appointing a board, which we briefly touched upon, step above, um, is one of the most important formalities of an incorporation. You have to know what you're doing when you appoint your board. There are various types of nonprofits. There are also various types Trust, association, corporations, and their structures can differ from one state to another. Typically, state law will provide specific guidelines as to what is necessary for each destination. Make sure you explore state regulations to get your legal structure right. Okay, you got to make sure you're doing the right thing because you don't want to make you don't want to make a mistake and then you spend money and then you have to go back and erase and do it again. So you don't want to waste money, especially when you just start now. You'll also need to consider how those specifics of your structure will impact your tax status. When different types of nonprofits file for tax exemption, they need to ensure that they, the way they operate aligns with the tax destination they receive. The main form you will use to register for your tax exempt status is the Form 1023, which is a long form. The IRS uses this this as their standard form. However, there is another form called the IRS form 1023EZ, which is the short form. That is much more simple and shorter in length. If you qualify for this form, you'll be saving yourself time and money. Check with these qualifying factors to see if you apply. And we'll talk about that later. Um, so a little pro tip with this is do some research on permit requirements that you may need to apply for. Um, consider visiting your local town or city hall to check in on them. So if there's anything that you need to do, you can definitely go and check your local town or city hall for those information. Um, also, um, locally parish, we have a parish. I know you guys have counties, but parish um, sales and tax is also another place to um, talk about because you got to look at it like this. It is a business. Um, it falls under a business structure, so you have to make sure you're doing the correct thing. Now, I'm going to stop there. Um, and we're going to definitely come back and continue talking about this. I'm kind of excited because I'm learning a lot more things that I didn't know, and I told you that earlier. But we're going to go forward. Once we finish this, we're going to go back, and we're going to go over those different... Um, we're going to go back to some of the different articles and talk about uh, the nonprofit, the 1020, the 1023 and all the other things that we need to do. Okay. I'm setting up our financial plan, the whole, I mean, the uh, business plan, the whole thing. We're going to go back into that. So 
This is probably going to be a long range thing, but that's fine because I want you guys to get the gist of starting a nonprofit. Um, and especially if you want to give back and your, your whole spirit is to give back, you want to be able to know that you know what you're doing when you do that. Okay. So I want to say thank you guys for hanging out with us today. I had a wonderful time and, um, I apologize for the interruption. And if you guys don't understand, don't know, sometimes when you're calling on your iPad or your computer, it interrupts. So I had to come back in. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and let you guys go. Have a good day. Um, let's see here. Um, can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. Really, really can't wait. Okay, so you guys have a great day. Be productive. Don't be like me, okay? <laughs> Bye now. you for listening in to another episode of you are love don't forget to join us on our facebook page at you can't clip my wings and also check out our website at you can't clip my wings.com thank you again for listening in and always remember you are love